Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Working Change. This is Nate. And Marla. Thanks for being with us today. Um, today, we have part two of our attachment uh, series. Mm-hmm. So last time we talked about um, attachments that develop develop in childhood. And right. if you didn't catch that, there might be some background that could be helpful for what we're talking about today. We don't want to like kind of repeat ourselves too much. So um, you might want to check that one out and, and it might give you a little bit more background for this one. This one, we're going to talk about adult attachment. Right. Whether it's romantic or friendship, but just any kind of relationship you have as an adult and how your attachment mm-hmm. style may affect that. Right. And so these attachment styles really seem to come out particularly in our closest relationships. So romantic partners, uh, really close family, friends, that's mm-hmm. where we tend to see these these kinds Correct. of attachment styles. And even when we parent our children, which we talked about in the last podcast, but <laughs> we're not going to go there again. Yes. <laughs> okay. So why is this important? Why um, do we break this up into two different podcasts, Nate? <laughs> um. Well, so... I really feel like it's important to understand within different contexts because attachment um, for children has to do primarily or at least initially with how they relate to their primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. And then attachment as we get older have more to do – I mean, it has, it, it's partially to do with our experiences when we were young. Right. But we also absorb experiences when we're older and those experiences – uh, reflect in how we deal with with not just ourselves, but with other people. Right. So for me, this is super important, I think, just because um, it's a newer concept for me. Okay. Like, I don't think anybody's ever really talked to, you know, here I am in my 40s, and I didn't understand this. And I really wish I had understand this earlier in life, that we attach to our parents in a certain way, you know, that we have different relationships that teach us different things. And we attach differently and people can affect us. You know, you can have a good secure attachment with people and think good things and then something really wrong or bad happens in that relationship. And then you're like, whoa, and you become more of an anxious person or Mm -hmm. avoidant person. So it would have been really good, I think, for myself to understand these different styles and how people behave in them. So I wasn't like wondering, like, what is going on? Is it me? Is it them? Are we crazy? Or why are we crazy? Because um, understanding this would have changed, I think, how I behaved, which is super yeah. important. We can't change other people, but we can change ourselves. Yeah. So understanding more of how we are behaving is, I think, great. Yeah. And I think the fact that, that um, both of us are divorced, yeah. um, <clears throat> I know I can look back and say, well, I, I wish I had done this differently. You know, maybe if I had understood these things, that could have helped mm-hmm. with, with, you know, some of my behaviors that really weren't helpful to a relationship. Right. And thankfully now I understand that better and I can fix those things. Right. So when I learned this in like my program, <clears throat> I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is such a light bulb moment. Like, yay. Let's mm-hmm. go tell everybody about this. Yeah. So. It's, I'm being selfish in this moment, and I'm like, ooh, let's go tell everybody about this. I think this is great. I think attachment styles are really important yeah, to understand. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So. Quick caveat with everyone. Uh, we just got over COVID recently, <laughs> so we will do our best not to be... So I sound a little manly, yeah. and we're coughing and stuff, but it's, so yeah, we're good now, though. We'll do our best to, to avoid that. So I, th- I feel like the place to start with attachment styles is to just kind of briefly talk about each of them and, and what you see with each of them. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, people that are functioning 
at the highest level would have what we call a secure attachment style. So a secure attachment style is based on the idea that we have individual needs, but we feel comfortable with ourselves and with other people. So we can go to other people to get help with those needs and we don't feel threatened if they can't help us in that moment. Like we, we have emotions, we can regulate those emotions and we understand that other people can help us regulate our emotions. And so we're able to find a good balance there. Right. Uh, to me, that has the, the best way to conceptualize that is we have a positive view of ourselves and a positive mm-hmm. view of others. Right. And, and that creates an ability for us to have a secure attachment with, with other people that are close to us. Okay. Um, so the next one is actually, okay. why don't, why don't we go do, with yours? Let's go with avoidant. You want to do avoidant? Yeah. First? So, so, <laughs> well, let, I, I guess let, I'll go ahead and go through all four and then we'll jump into avoidant. Yeah. That's fine. So avoidant attachment style has more to do, I mean, as you can imagine the word avoidant with, with our avoidance of things that we're uncomfortable with. Um, the best way that I see, I, I believe the best way to conceptualize this is, is of people with avoidant attachment styles have a positive view of self and a negative view of others. Right. And, and in many ways, this is kind of inflated and grandiose and not really based in reality, but it's how they've developed. Right. Anxious attachment style would be kind of the opposite of that, meaning um, kind of a lower sense of self, negative view of self, positive self uh, sense of others. So they might struggle to regulate themselves, and they're constantly looking to other people to help regulate themselves. Right. The other is is like a mixed uh, attachment style. The mixed <laughs> attachment style is rough. It's tough. And I, I can see that in myself, although I still think I'm kind of primarily more anxious. Right. But- it's neg. It's a negative view of self and a negative view of others. So you don't know how to get your needs met. You don't know how to regulate your needs. Like it's you're you're just really struggling right. with with emotional challenges, and you, you're you know fearful of asking for help. And so it, it's it's problematic all the way around. So you can be anxious one moment, avoidant the next, mm-hmm. or and vice versa, yeah. and swinging back and forth. Right. So it's it's chaos. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. <laughs> I think they should just call it chaotic. That, that it's secure, anxious, avoidant, and chaotic. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's a rougher one to have. One paper I read said about f- less than 5% of the population have are believed to have that. So yeah. it's, it is a little bit more rare. You may not encounter many people with it, but, but it does exist. Right. So. And I think it's important to say, like I mentioned earlier, that, you know, you can start out with a secure attachment, have a bad relationship, and then maybe behave a little more anxious in some of your attachment style. Right, right. This is not a fixed thing. Mm-mm. You can change. You can change your attachment. It can be affected. Um, but ultimately, if you don't like your attachment style, you can work on it mm-hmm. and and move towards a more secure attachment. So that's why we're doing some of this, I think. You know, let's help people understand their att- what, number one, what your attachment style may look like. And then what do I do about it? Right. So what do we do about this? You know, the goal is secure. I want to have a secure attachment with the people that I have relationships as with an adult. Um, so what do you do? As far as how do you fix your attachment style? Yeah. So maybe let's, let's talk about like, do you want me to go first about avoidant yes, people? Yes, please. Okay. So when I was looking at this, it was really interesting just because these are the, the people that like maybe as a child felt kind of rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, their caregivers were kind of dismissive and they failed to feel close to them. And so being rejected, they think, well, you know, I'm just going to go do this myself. 
I, I can handle it. You know, I don't need to ask anybody else. I'm going to get my needs met. You know, that person's, you know, avoidant, crappy, whatever. I'm not going to deal with them. So the world is, is against me, but I can do this. And that's where you get the inflated, like positive self image and the world is against me negative image um, of avoidant. Now they carry that into adulthood and, um, they also will, will, will take into the, the, like, it's everybody else's fault and not mine. So they like to, to blame, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with that. Why do you have a problem with that? You know, it's your problem. Um, they like typically will minimize and disconnect from their emotions and from how their body feels. So, you know, when you're angry, your body, you can feel your body getting like heated and, um, like, like almost like a rage building up. I don't, this is me. Maybe <laughs> everybody well, I, doesn't experience it the same way, but, yeah. well, but you I, know, you feel flushed and you're, mm-hmm. you're like you're tense act, and you're activated. activated. Is a word we use a lot That's a good school. one. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, it's, you know, a person that is avoided doesn't like to feel that and it kind of freaks you out. So they want to avoid that. They want to just kind of remain like at this homeostasis mm-hmm. of just calm. Mm-hmm. And so when they start to feel emotions that don't feel good, they're going to shut it down. Um, and they do that with emotions and they do that with sen- body sensations. So they have a very young and mature uh, view of how to um, see their emotions or recognize their emotions or even, and then what to do with them. Right. They don't know how to regulate them. Right. And this is, and this is the same problem you have with, we won't talk about this just right now, but anxious people with anxious attachment styles have the same problem. Right. Inability to regulate their emotions. Right. And, but they handle them differently. Mm-hmm. You know, the anxious person like wants somebody else to meet those mm-hmm. needs. The avoidant is like, I'll just handle it by not dealing with it. Right. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, don't get too close to me. So like if you're having a relationship, like a romantic relationship with somebody and they're avoidant and you come to them and you're upset and you want to talk to them about something or something that's too emotional, they're going to be like, I don't think so. Like, I got to go do something else. Um, I had a relationship with somebody that was more avoidant. And every time I brought something to this person, they actually fell asleep on me. They, so that was their that was their strategy. <laughs> so I would be crying or doing whatever or, and, and upset, and I would look over and they were sleeping, and I'm like, "What? Well, what's going on here?" You know, but that's what an avoidant person does. He this person shut down. Mm-hmm. They did not want to have to deal with the emotion that I was bringing to them. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Nope, can't do it. This is crazy. She's crazy. Whoop, I'm I'm done." So. That was kind of weird. Like, I was like, what is wrong with you? Wake up. You know, we're having this conversation. So I think if I, like, if my younger self had understood that, I would have been like, this person's an avoidant person. Like, I can't bring these emotional things to them because they don't know how to deal with them. So we need to teach this person. So what you would do for a person who is avoidant is you would, you would teach them how to, um, recognize emotion in their own body. Um, And their own sensations and their own bodily sensations and feelings, how to label them, how to react to them, what to do. They also, you know, I would say an avoidant person, I would not try to do this like as a relationship. Like if you were the avoidant partner and I was secure or whatever, I wouldn't want to try to fix my partner. I would say, you know, let's go get you some help with Mm -hmm. a therapist and somebody who knows what they're doing. Because the other thing would be everything that I have read is, is that you know, they need to kind of rewrite their narrative 
from childhood um, and see that their childhood in a different kind of perspective and maybe talk about some of the damage and the dismissive feelings that they felt and and rewrite that. And that needs to be done by somebody who's trained. Yeah. And that I think that's a really important distinction to understand when it comes to an avoidant person. Mm-hmm. Avoidant people are avoidant in many ways. Yeah. Like they're avoiding parts of themselves they're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. They're avoiding things in their past that they're uncomfortable with. They may not even remember some of the negative events because they have just completely blocked it out. Because A, they have to maintain this this positive sense of self, which means if there's negative things about them and they become too aware of them, it challenges their narrative. Right. So so something interesting that I read was mm-hmm. is that, that like avoidant people, when you ask them about their childhood, they will typically only tell you a couple different memories and they're typically and they're good. good. Mm-hmm. And this person that I was dealing with that was avoidant, I had done that. I had been asking them about their past and it was the same three memories. And it was interesting because I had talked to somebody else about this person and they were like, no, that's not how it worked in their childhood. Like their childhood had this problem and this problem. And, and I was like, what? Yeah. It's like, like it's like you're hearing what? two different stories. I was like, well, I only heard these three stories and mm-hmm. that was great. And when I went back to this person who was avoided and asked them about that, they were like, well, sure. I don't remember that. Like, but like, let's talk about these good things. You know, maybe I had that problem, but I don't think I did. I think it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and they did not want to go there. They didn't want to have to talk about maybe some of the abusive things that they had to deal with or the dismissive things they dealt with. And that was really curious to me too, because it always felt super disconnected. Like, why can't you talk about some of the things that hurt you as a child? Nobody has this perfect idyllic childhood except maybe my kids but you know <laughs> right yeah. i'm totally joking every child i think has something in their life where they felt dismissed or that was handled wrong or whatever you know we try our best as parents to do our best but we're human and and i think that it's important to to understand that people that have secure attachment styles mm-hmm. can can reflect upon both the good and the bad right they're aware of of the things that went well and the things that went poorly and and so it's kind of this integrated system where they can incorporate all of these positives and negatives and the positives aren't as threatening because they know how to manage emotion and they know how to to absorb information to help them improve and change mm-hmm. um and and that's kind of why sometimes therapy or coaching is necessary for people that are that are in this avoidant style right. because they lack the skills and so if they learn the skills then maybe they can start to integrate some of these these parts of themselves that that um don't fit into their narrative but that they need to understand. We all need to understand our, our areas where we are weak and it, it can be terrifying. Um, but it helps improve our relationships with others. It helps us understand ourselves better. And, you know, certainly having a relationship as you, as you know, with an avoidant person can be a challenge because they're not able to, to help us when we have needs that, that right. feel, you know, yucky to them. I don't know how else to say And I would even say, and this might be, I don't know, maybe I'm tiptoeing into controversial waters here, but um, sometimes an avoidant person can look narcissistic. That's true. And there's there's a lot of that that trend has been noticed. In Mm -hmm. one paper, when I was doing my capstone project, one paper specifically said people that are kind of on the far end of of avoidant um, attachment styles do appear 
to be kind of your classic narcissist. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't go out and say that everyone that is right. avoidant is narcissistic. In fact, I've seen papers that say that, that, that that's probably or that that is not true. So the interesting thing is, is like when I was dealing with this person that was avoidant, people wanted to tell me that this person was a narcissist. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to wash your hands of this. This is person's narcissistic. You know, of course you're going to have this problem, you know. And it just didn't like when I went through the DSM and I looked, I was like, they don't meet the criteria for a narcissist. They have narcissistic tendencies, but they're avoidant. Right. This attachment style stuff is like gold. They're avoidant, you know. It looks kind of narcissistic, but I think if I didn't know about attachments, I'd be on the front line saying this person's a narcissist. And it's also, I think it's also important to understand that narcissistic personality disorder is a very specific thing. You have to meet this, you know, a certain amount of criteria. And and just because they meet one or two does not mean that they're right. a narcissist. I think narcissism is kind of a popular buzzword right now. Right. And, and so you hear a lot about it. But I, I, I wish that people that were thinking that their partners were narcissistic maybe could just like open up some space to think maybe they're avoidant too. And maybe they can do something with the avoidant piece of right. it all. Um, but opening up your mind to that also instead of just saying they're just one thing. Yeah, right. Uh, might be helpful. But so to wrap it up, an avoidant person, I would say get a good therapist. Yes. Get somebody who understands that. Get them some help. Um, they're they're going to be very difficult to help. <laughs> they're going to be avoidant. So <laughs> it might be but a little it, bit of rough there. But if they're mm-hmm. looking for help, there is help for that. Right. And and I I believe like if you can find someone that's that's skilled in attachment theory, mm-hmm. maybe with some somatic background. Yeah. Um that can be really helpful. So what do you mean by somatic background? Okay, so somatic therapy is the idea um, that our emotions manifest in our body in kind right. of a physical way. Okay. And so they can help us kind of understand maybe what we're experiencing in our body. Right. And, and how that relates to our emotions. And, and so there's a lot of good information that, that can be translated from what we're experiencing physically to what we're experiencing emotionally. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Cause I, that was a newer term for me when I hit this program and mm-hmm. I was like, what are they talking about? Like, right. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So anxious okay. attachment. Anxious attachment. So I would say the anxious attachment is my primary attachment style. Yes. It and, is. and yeah, you know this very well, <laughs> but um, I'm glad I know this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, anxious attachment style is sometimes known also as preoccupied attachment. There's, there's, a few different words that people will use. I like anxious. I don't know. It's just what kind of what I use. It's believed about 20% of the population uh, have this attachment style, one out of five. So it's, okay. it's relatively common. Um, and interestingly enough, it seems, trends seem to indicate that it's more common in females. Um, but I have it. So you, you do see it in <laughs> men too. Now, ultimately, it's based on kind of this fear of abandonment or this insecurity that we're just, we're not good enough. Yeah. So, so I don't think it's a stretch to say that people with anxious attachment styles are just anxious. I right. mean, that we just are anxious. They're we're worried. Fearful. Yeah. Right. They're worried that they're not enough and mm-hmm. that, that people are going to leave them and they don't want that. Right. Yeah. And so you've seen this particular thing, you know, we're nervous about being separated from our partner. Yeah. Like how many times have you gone out of town for a day or a couple of days and you've come back and I'm just totally frazzled and <laughs> you have to put extra work into me because I'm like, I don't know what just happened. I got hit by a truck, but yeah. it was just, you were gone for a day. Right. And so it, it puts me in, in this, this really heightened emotional state where everything is difficult. 
So there's several characteristics that are important to understand when it comes to anxious attachment style. One of the first things that I mentioned about it was we have kind of a negative view of self. Right. So we don't necessarily think the best things about ourselves. We might be overly hard on ourselves. We maybe are not totally realistic about what our strengths are. Um, and, and we see ourselves kind of as more as, as weak mm-hmm. in some ways. Okay. Um, we are insecure in our relationship and that has more to do with us than it has to do with the other person. Okay. Although sometimes it might have to do with the way we're reading signals. One of the interesting things I, I read in some of the, the papers when I was again doing my capstone project was, was people with an anxious attachment style will interpret uh, neutral signs as negative, <laughs> which is, which is fascinating because most, most communication that's uh-huh. happening between people are neutral, right. which means someone. Well, we that, tried this. Yeah. Like we looked at like pictures of mm-hmm. just like emotions and I was like, Hey, Nate, what is this? And you're like, you said something else. And it was like, I think I said anger, anger. And, and I was like, no, that's like. Like fearful disgust or disgust or something. Or something. Yeah. You could not get all the emotions. Like no. everything just looked like anger to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, like when you and I interact, <laughs> there are times that like I have to like just explicitly tell you, I'm not angry. Right. This is my frustrated face mm-hmm. or my disgusted face mm-hmm. or my I'm overwhelmed face, you know, because you're not reading my body language and my facial expression. Right. At that mm-hmm. point, I'm just projecting my fear, my anxiety right. out. So, um, people with anxious attachment styles, um, also are clingy and they can mm-hmm. be possessive mm-hmm. and they can appear very needy. Right. Uh, they have a, an intense fear of rejection. Uh, they can be very jealous and they don't easily trust other people. Um, mm-hmm. so they might have like kind of smaller circles of friends. And if you cross them, you you're know, done. It, it, <laughs> they can, they can lash out yeah. with, with, some aggression. Well, this is the aggressive mm-hmm. partner too. Right. I think people think, you know, oh, they're anxious. They're going to be timid. They're not, you know, they're not going to say much or whatever. If no, they these, feel threatened. These they people, get, when they feel threatened, like it's all. They can get aggressive. All the so, knives come out. Like they're they're done. So there's kind of two scenarios you see um, with with people that are, they're, they're like the opposite. So mm-hmm. people that are avoidant can become aggressive if you pursue them too much. Right. They can get angry. Right. People that are anxious can get um, aggressive or angry if you if it feels like you're threatening the relationship or you're cutting them off. Right. So so it's interesting. They have the same response, but for for opposite actions um, between those two. And can you imagine the two of them married? So this is an interesting. <laughs> this is a fascinating thing. It is not unusual for someone with an anxious attachment style yes. to connect with someone that has an avoidant attachment right. style. And it's believed that the that the confidence of the avoidant person is really attractive to the anxious person. Right. Because they're looking for someone. Well, they're to gonna tell them handle they're okay. it. They're mm-hmm. the opposites. You know, they view the world oppositely. So like they one person can handle one thing that the other person can't. Yeah. And so they kind of feed on each other. Right. But it's a mess. It's a it, hot mess. Yeah, I mean, think the, about it. What is your mixed attachment? It's chaos. So, mm-hmm. what do you do with two people who have different opposites? Yeah, it's like chaos. oil and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can be really difficult. So, so here's some of the triggers, and I think it's important to understand some of these triggers. When you have an anxious person and and they're dealing with, say, unresponsiveness, I'm taking notes right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I text you, mm-hmm. and you haven't texted me back in a couple of hours, and I keep looking at my phone. I keep looking mm-hmm. at my phone. Like my anxiety is rising. And I start thinking, what is going on? Is yeah. she with oh, somebody yeah. else? Mm-hmm. Is everything, is she okay? Right. You know, so I start to think about, 
all of the threats to mm-hmm. my relationship that might be going on right now. And it may have nothing to do with that, but it's kind of this, this anxiety producing this cloud of, of things that don't, that almost certainly don't exist, but that are, are driving my emotion. And right. you can see the kind of downward spiral that mm-hmm. someone can go into pretty quickly from that. Um, now, unresponsive can also be impersonal. Where, you know, that's like somebody giving you the cold shoulder, you know, like, like, let's say you're upset with me and I try to reach out to you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not having it. And you're like, don't talk to me. You know, so that can kind of put an anxious attachment style type person into a similar type of space. Um, So the next would be anything they perceive as a threat. Uh, to the loss or or a loss of the relationship. Right, to the abandonment. Like, right. I, I feel like I'm going to get abandoned here. Right. So, um, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, another would be like a partner becoming distant. F- and that could be a million reasons for that. I mean, right. nothing to do with you. But the anxious They could just be gonna... stressed out and thinking about something they right. have to do and they're not plugging in as much. And then it's like, ah, they're right. like not connecting with me. Right. What's going on? It's my problem. I'm, there's something right. wrong with me. And that's the issue mm-hmm. is is the anxious person is, is consistently internalizing this as their fault. Right. They did something wrong. And what they're going to want is closeness. And in that moment, the other partner may need some time alone. Mm-hmm. And so what each person needs is at odds. Okay. You can't give one person alone time if the other person needs There's a lot closeness. of triggers here, man. Right. Yeah. Ooh, you anxious people. And, oh, stop. <laughs> like you're not. <laughs> Um, And then another would be like a partner becoming more independent, which could be a very normal thing, especially in a young relationship. If you're, say, in your late teens, early 20s, like you're kind of consistently becoming more independent. And so someone's natural progression in life may appear to an anxious partner that they're kind of getting left behind and the relationship is in jeopardy. And and the relationship's going to end and I'm anxious again. Right, right. Okay, so we got all these triggers. So those are the triggers. So the question is- How do we fix this? I know, I know. (laughs) So so the first thing is is increasing our awareness around the fact that we are attached anxiously or that our partner is anxiously Mm -hmm. attached. If we know those things, then that can help us- I will um, just say that that was the biggest blessing you ever gave me. What's that? Was to tell me, I'm an anxious person. These are my triggers. And this is what I need. Right. From you. Right. So, so the next part, which is interesting, which is we can change kind of our thought process and our behavior. Mm-hmm. So for me, changing my thought process and my behavior would be, okay, I am aware that I'm feeling anxious right now. Mm-hmm. I am aware that I, that I'm concerned that the relationship might be threatened. And that allows me to reach out to you. And, and to find out if I need that. Now, you've become so good at knowing what I need. I don't even have to, to do that anymore. You preemptively let me know now. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, well, we've done it a, a little bit wrong at times. So, right. Well, we <laughs> dropping didn't, dimes here. We didn't so, get it right every time. No. And I think that that's the thing. And in relationships, is learning, like you said, those those patterns that you have and then disconnecting those patterns and rewriting a different pattern. Right. So you were, you had been in a relationship with someone that didn't have an anxious attachment style and you had a hard time getting this person's attention. So in the past you had to come. I dealt with an avoidant person. And when I deal with an avoidant person, you come in with a hammer or a sledgehammer. Right. Because they're not paying attention. They're not paying attention, you know, and you think you have to be loud, you know, you're anxious. And so 
dealing with another anxious person, <laughs> you just need to be kind of soft. Right. You don't need to like, you know, you just need to say what it well, is. Well, and, and the other thing that you do, which I really appreciate, is when, you know, when things are rough and we're having a, a, a discussion that is, is not fun, which is part Normal of, of life, life. Yeah. you're very good now of, of telling me, I love you. I'm glad I'm with you. I don't want to leave you. Like, so that can, can help me right. stay engaged because the first place that my mind is going is, I'm the problem. Is it over? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's reminding you that this is, this is conflict we're having mm-hmm. in the moment, not with our whole relationship, but just in this little window. Right. And I need this little window to be managed. But I still love right. all of this that, that that I'm with you, right? And so that's part of the changing, you know, changing my thinking and behavior. And then you've kind of changed your behavior in order right. to accommodate me. Right. And then, of course, you know, therapy or coaching can be really helpful because ultimately, if you have someone that has an an anxious attachment style, in order to 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 shift mm-hmm. to a more secure attachment style, they have to to come to a place where they can find a pos- like these positives within themselves. Remember, right. secure people. They have a positive view of themselves and positive view of the world. So with an anxious person, they have a positive view of the world. We need to increase the the positivity they feel about themselves. Right. So help them to see their strengths, you know, help them to to work on becoming um like I, I guess emotional management is part of that, but also becoming comfortable in their own skin and, mm-hmm. and you know, new tools to to grow. And so sometimes people just haven't really gone out in the world and 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 I I use the term like stacking wins which yeah. is you know you have good experiences and you're going to have some bad ones but if you have enough good ones they'll override the bad ones right. and so that's what we want to do is help these people kind of build confidence in who they are and 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 a belief that they can uh overcome their challenges that they can manage emotions that they can get help when they need it things like that right so that is ultimately uh, anxious attachment style. And then there's mixed, which... <laughs> it's just, you have all these problems, so it, good luck. I would say it's, if you're in a relationship with a mixed hopeless. person, yeah, it's not hopeless, but you do probably need to seek some therapy yeah. and get some help um, within the relationship and then individually, too. Right. Because dealing with a mixed person, you're going you're gonna to take on some scars, I think. Uh, definitely especially long term yeah so the issue if you have mixed attachment styles is very confusing for the person experience it and the very confusing right. for the partner mm-hmm. and, and well you don't know if you're coming or going right and it, it yeah, that you know you you bring up a subject and it's like what am i going to get this time am i going to get the anxious partner or the you know or right. both they want to be with time. me and now we're right. too close and, right and so it's just vacillating yeah. but it's very very confusing ultimately um Therapy is, I, I, I really believe, of, of all the attachment styles, therapy is the most critical for So, one that's really styles. good that I, you know, have read a lot about the last term, um, and you're reading a book by Sue Johnson called Hold Me Tight, mm-hmm. is EFT, Emotionally Focused Therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have it specifically built for couples. They have it for individuals. But it's this idea that, like, we need to really understand our emotions and kind of rewrite these patterns that we have. Um if people are really interested in this, I would say, you know. It's a good, it's an excellent ha- book. Pick up a book. You yeah. Know, read no, it's, about a, it. it's an excellent book. And ultimately, I appreciate Sue Johnson's approach from the standpoint that, um, you know, we we can serve our partner best by being there for them when they need help. Mm-hmm. And, and meeting them where they're at 
And in turn, you know, we need to do that for each other. And um, for anybody that's, you know, probably quite a few listeners are aware of Tony Overbay and he has his four pillars of a connected conversation, which is, you know, has its roots in, in um, EFT. <coughs> yep. There's that COVID. Yeah. Part. You're doing pretty good. You're doing so well. <laughs> so um, anyway, that that's a framework that allows people to be supportive of one another right. and to hear one another and to. Um, well, and to rewrite patterns because mm-hmm. we have patterns when we have a relationship, we get into like little grooves of how we deal with each other. Right. And when things are negative, we are anticipating something yes. negative. And, and so we walk in just automatically negative. Right. Our the walls are up, we're defensive. It's it's a real challenge um to kind of let all of that go and start to create something right. new. And sometimes you need a third person to say, Hey, this is your pattern. This is what yeah. you're doing. This is how we can redo it. Mm-hmm. You know, and both feel heard yeah. and, and manage your emotions differently. Right. Right. Okay. So that was uh, attachment styles. Um, ultimately, um, I I really feel like me becoming aware of it and you becoming aware of it and our us being able to talk about what's happening for us and be able to meet the person in you know whatever space that they're mm-hmm. in. Um, and you know, I really I just love attachment of- styles. I'm like all about it right now. <laughs> well, I, I think, think it's great. Yeah, and I think that we both have seen improvement in our relationship as yes. as we've like become more aware of of our issues around attachment and well and what as we, we become need. aware of like maybe our childhood and if we had damage there our past relationships mm-hmm. and if there was damage there and what we're bringing to the table right now and then right. how we interact with one another right i think that that's great yeah um, so hopefully that was helpful for you guys if you have any questions you can reach us at working change Coaching. coaching at gmail.com. It's so long. Yes, we I, know, have, I know. Sorry, I couldn't come up with something. probably could have, me. but it wouldn't have fit with our, with our It's all name, good. Working so. change coaching at gmail.com. And right. we love to hear from you. Yep. You know. Absolutely. We appreciate everyone that, that reaches out and I uh, hope you have an awesome day.